Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Well, I am excited. So does anybody know what series we're doing? Oh, well, it's cheating. So, so I have another question. Does anybody know what last week's topic was? Rooted. Good job. I should have said everybody in the front can't talk. The camera did that once. That was good. So yes, we are doing eight weeks on this theme called Rooted, and it's based out of Colossians. So I would like to, as we have done the past three weeks, have everybody stand and read Colossians with me. This is the, the, the verses that we're studying. So, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Amen. You may be seated. So we're taking this um, five verses and we're splitting them up and, um, so, and finding eight aspects of being orderly in our faith. And so um, Pastor Cameron talked about how we need to have Jesus as Lord. That's the foundation. That's the first thing. And then he um, talked about how we need to continue our lives in him. And that means walking out your faith. And then last week, I talked about rooted. Some of you said trees. Thank you for that. But we were talking about being rooted in Christ and what that means. And then, um, and then the next today, we're talking about being built up. And so, um, and then, then we'll continue with strengthened in the faith, overflowing with thankfulness, see to it that no one takes you captive and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. So today we're doing built up and it comes from actually verse seven and it's just part of it rooted and built up in him. And so I love this commentary and I want to read it to you and then pull it apart. It's written by Clark about these two words. It is not usual, not usual for the apostle to employ this double metaphor taken partly from the growth of a tree and the increase of a building. They are to be rooted as the good seed had already been sown. It is to take root and the roots are to spread far, wide and deep. They are to be grounded as the foundation has already been laid. They are to build thereupon. In one case, they are to bear much fruit. In the other, they are to grow up to be a habitation of God through the spirit. And so Last week, we talked about being rooted. And one of the things that, you know, the point is to be rooted in his love. And so just as a tree is rooted in water, we pull up love from God and it courses through us. And our, our, our roots are to go spread far and wide. And just as I talked about last week, they provide love to other people, right? And then when we build on him, 
We need to build on him, on Jesus. And then we are to become a habitation of God through the spirit. So the whole, um, so like the whole point is building, we're building something. And so before we can even go further, we have to do a little Greek. So the word built is actually comes from the Greek word domio. I'm not going to pronounce all the Greek words because there's something, um, and which means to build. Okay. But this one, domio, means a master builder. So you are able to do this. You are able to build. And then the other Greek word that we find is this one. But this one means lots of things. It means construction, constructive, means edification. And so, so, so when you are reading your Bible in the New Testament, the original would have been Greek, and you come along um, a word that says edify, that means to build, to do something. Are you guys thinking about building? It's like, it means you have to take a part. You have to actively um, do a role. And so when we have, so we have this idea of building in our, in our minds, then we, we um, have to think back to like a building plan. So how many of you have ever heard Jesus referred to as the cornerstone? Okay. Um, I'm just going to, just for make sure all of my bases are covered. A cornerstone is the very first stone when you're laying a foundation. Okay. So am I going to build a house? I have to know where I'm going to start. I'm going to pick a corner and then I'm going to go from there. And now they got all this high tech stuff. They got these lasers and they got all these things and they know exactly how to, well, sometimes they just bring whole foundations in and set them. And, but back then it would have been a stone, a good straight stone, 90 degree corners set in place. And then you would know you would go straight in every direction. And so it wouldn't be built lopsided. If you picked a round stone, that would be kind of tough, right? Like, can you, and I've built things like a snow fort or whatever, you know, and go around and it's just, you know, crazy, but you want straight, you want a good foundation to start, right? And so that is what I believe the apostle Paul is talking about. You need a foundation, a good foundation, and then you're supposed to build something. And so, um, and we have from the apostle Peter. Now, Peter didn't start out as an apostle. Anybody know what he started out as? Fisherman, right? And so, and he's called by Jesus. And one day Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say you're just a prophet. And so he asks them, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus is like, he gets it. He gets it to the point where he says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Now, a lot of times we read that scripture and we think, oh, you know, he's talking about building, um, you know, a denomination 
on Peter. But most theologians don't believe that's what the point was. The point was, you got the foundation. You got the cornerstone. Now I can build. Now I can use you to build what I want to build. You can be a part of what I'm going to do in this world. And then we go to Peter and we, we hear from him because he wrote letters. And in 1 Peter, this is a long passage. This is scripture heavy today, people, because it's so good. It's so good. There's lots of building in, in the New Testament. And so I couldn't narrow it all down. So in scripture, it says, um, for Peter's saying, for in scripture, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. He's referring to Jesus. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. So if you believe in Jesus, you don't have to worry about it, right? Like you got it, you're good. Now to you who believe this stone is precious. So my question to you is, is your relationship with Jesus precious? That's a question we should all ask ourselves. Because that's what Peter is saying, is it, it needs to be precious. And then he gives a warning. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock makes them fall. And he's talking about all the Pharisees and all the people who rejected Jesus, didn't believe in him. It doesn't matter whether you believe or not. Jesus is still the cornerstone. Amen. Right? Like that, it doesn't matter whether people believe or not. It doesn't matter whether really smart people say, well, that's all just rubbish. That Bible isn't true, whatever. It doesn't matter what they say because the truth is Jesus is the cornerstone. And then they will stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. And he's talking to the Jewish people here. Like Jesus came for the Jews and they said, yeah, thanks anyway. Right? Not all of them, lots of them, like, like all the disciples. Hello, they were all Jewish, right? So it's not all of them, but the people who rejected him, right? And then he goes on and he says, but you are a chosen people. He's talking to you. See, he was talking to a certain people, but, but God said, you know what? I'm going to put that in my book. And who's the book for? Who's the Bible for? Us, right? So you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Do you believe that? You know, when Carrie was, when Carrie, that song, I am a child of God. Do you believe that? If you know who God is, that's amazing. But do you know who you are? You are this. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. He cares about us. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. <sighs> Amen. I'm so grateful that I've been saved. I sing praises to him because of that. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had received mercy, or not received mercy, and now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you, and now he's talking to the foreigners, the exiles, people who weren't part of the Jewish nation, to abstain from sinful desires 
which weigh war, wage war against your souls. It's giving them a warning. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. What kind of a life are you living that other people see? Do they see Jesus in you? Do they see that you're a holy people, a royal priesthood? So how do we do that, though? Like, that's great. But, I mean, so he's talking about building, right? So how do we do that? Okay, well, so this is, this is Kathy's way of doing a project, okay? So um, I wanted to move some curtains. I wanted to move the curtain rods, right? So I wanted to move the curtain rods. And, and so I was just going to go and take the, oh, we've got some great tools at our house. We got these battery operated, you know, um, the, the, well, the stud finder, but the drill, you know, that'll take things out, right? That's the only tool I came up with, you know? And, and, my, and my husband's like, mm, Kath, wait a second. So you're going to need the stud finder to make sure you, you know, or get anchors. And then you're going to have to measure it. And I'm looking at him going, I don't want to do that much work. I just want to move them, you know, like anybody want to do a project like that? Every time we do a project, I'm like, well, let's just do this thing. And Ray's like, well, we have to, and I'm going, oh, that means we have to go to the hardware store. We have to buy something and then we have to do this other thing. And, and then one time I was going to repaint some things and, and he's like, well, you can't just throw spackle on it and paint it. You got to, you know, do like I had some, some, oh. I had walls that had, um, big dings in them, you know, and so they were white, brown wall, white, it really showed up. And so I was like, I just grabbed the speckle. I know how to use speckle. And he's like, well, you're going to sand it down, aren't you? I'm like, well, and he's like, well, and you have to get rid of all the things before you speckle. And then do you have the paint? Well, yeah, I have the paint. He goes, did you check? So I went down and looked at the paint and sure enough, it's all dried out. And so then I had to go to the hardware store again and get new paint. Like, you have to, when you're building something, you got to make a plan. Amen? And, and what he's calling us to is building something. Building our lives in him. So we have to have a plan, right? Um, okay. So. So the first thing we need to do is we need to look at Psalms 127. It says, a song for pilgrims ascending into Jerusalem. A psalm of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. So what I'm getting from this is if I'm building my life and I don't have God in it, am I building it to God? He has to be in it with me. Kind of like every house project my husband has to be in with me, right? Um. David, David did amazing things, right? He, he went to war and he did all kinds of things, did some pretty rotten things too. But then he comes and he's like, you know what, God, I want to build you a temple. And what did the Lord say? I don't want you to. Do you think he would have been successful if he had built the temple that the Lord said, I don't want you to? What if he said, you know what? I know you don't want me to, but I think it's a good idea, so I'm going to do it anyway. 
So how many of us have ever done something in the name of the Lord without checking with him first? David's heart and intention were good, and sometimes ours are good too. But we need to be checking in with God, right? We need to learn how to hear his voice. And, and how do we know what things are good? Well, remember that book that he gave us? It gives a lot of instruction in it, you know? It says things like, take care of your family. It says things like, you should work. It says things like, you know, um, you should work and you should take care of things. You should take care of others. So all of those things, I mean, we can, we can judge what we should be doing by, by reading the book, right? Um, there's a, there was a, a quote that I read. It said, at times it can be difficult to discern God's will because cultural messages can be louder than God's voice. And that's not just cultural messages in our world, which is cray cray, sorry, but our world is crazy. So if we're getting <clears throat> direction from the world, we're probably going, <clears throat> excuse me. We are probably going the wrong way. But are we, sometimes we can even get cultural messages, misunderstandings, even within our own church culture, right? So what is God, what is God looking for? And Luke, Jesus says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. He's telling us a parable. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck, that house could not, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. So are you building on the foundation of Jesus? And you know, I, I and we're talking about building. And so in my mind, I, you know, I saw this house and I was thinking about like, if I wanted to add on to my house, which my husband will not let me do, because let's just talk about projects we do together. Not, um, I would just like, well, we can just add some things, throw some, you know, not two by fours, not four by fours, but six by sixes, you know, let's put them in the ground, a little cement, and then we'll go ahead and build an extra room, right? That would probably fall down. You know, I need to check with, I don't know, an architect or a builder. When we're trying to build up our lives in Christ, are we checking with God? Are we checking in with the Bible? Are we looking to him to lead us? In 1 Corinthians, it says, we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given you, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. Now, Paul's talking about like he laid a foundation, but Jesus is still the cornerstone, right? And we are co-workers with him to build our lives 
to do what he's asked us to do. But then he goes on, but each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So if people start talking about things that are outside, you know, Jesus, beware, right? If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Now, the day is the day that we stand before God, okay? So I, and so people are building with lots of things, right? Gold, silver, costly stones, hay, straw, wood. And then on the day when we stand before the Lord, it will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what you, what, what would happen if that fire came, what would happen to the gold? Would it still be there? Would the, would the precious gems, would the wooden straw? No. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, <clears throat> what, what Paul's talking about here is what we're doing. What are we building in our lives? And what are we carrying through? You, so I'm going to make it very clear. If you believe that Jesus Christ is God, came down from heaven, walked on the earth, was crucified, died, and rose again on the third day, you are saved. Okay? That, that, he's not talking about that. He is saying, even though everything you did burned up, you are saved. Okay? You are saved. But what you have to offer him, what are you giving him? Was it something he didn't ask you to build? Was it something he didn't even, wasn't even a part of? Did you spend your whole life doing something that didn't even count for him? That is a sobering, sobering thought. It is a little bit scary, but not scary like we don't, it's not like we're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to build. I don't know. We do know. Remember I said, we look to the Bible, family, community. Going after him, those things will last all the way to eternity. So how do we do it? Well, we co-worker with him. And then in Acts 22, it says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, who can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So now we talk about sanctification. And sanctification is one of those, those churchy terms, except that it's in the Bible. So it, and um, here, we believe sanctification is the process of when I get saved, and now I'm more and more becoming like Jesus. More and more. I'm reading more. I'm learning more. I'm growing wiser. I'm getting more mature in the faith, Right? That is sanctification. And it's never complete until we meet him. Right? So I don't care how old you are naturally. I don't care how old you are spiritually. We are all working on our faith. 
We are all working on that process of becoming more and more like Jesus. I, I mean, unless somebody, does anybody like him yet? Right, not yet, but we are becoming more and more like him. And we need to be, one of the things I, I really encourage you to be aware that you are in a different place in the process than somebody else is, right? So this isn't, Jesus doesn't, nowhere in the Bible does it say, oh, compare yourself to somebody else. Oh, I'm not like, you know, Bill, I'm not like Mary Lee. I'm not like, no, no, no. Are you like Kathy, who's supposed to be like this, like Jesus? Where am I in the process that God has called me to? And, and I, I was thinking about sanctification and I, um, just being at different places in the process. I, I was running for a while. Yes, I know. Kind of crazy. But, and I joined this running club trying to train for something. And I got there and there are people who are like, oh, yeah, I'm doing these, you know, seven minute miles and five minute miles. And I'm like, where's the one that are doing 20, you know, or, or what? No, I guess it wasn't quite that bad. Maybe it was like 12 or 13. But you know what? When I got there, everyone was encouraging one another. They were like, oh, yeah, you'll get there. You'll get there. Like not one person was looking down at anyone else. It was amazing. They're all just there encouraging each other. You're you're trying to run a half. You're trying to run a full. You, you run this, this pace. You know what? We're going to set you with people who do that. And let's go. And they all went out at the same time. And then, you know, if you got lapped, they'd be like, oh, you're doing great. They're encouraging each other. We should be doing that. We should be doing that. Another aspect of how is, is what we find in 1 Thessalonians. And it says, we need to be rejoicing always praying continually and giving thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know what God's will for you is? He says it right there. He wants you to be rejoicing always, even in hard circumstances. He wants you to pray continually, always continually. When does that mean you stop? Giving thanks. Are you thankful? You know, the antidote for complaining is thankfulness. You can't really be thankful while you're complaining. Not truly. And grumbling is complaining. And murmuring is complaining. All of that. Okay. Jesus is our example. Jesus went away often to get with his, alone with his father. And he was praying. You know, we, we want to be more like him, right? And we have this other, this other thing that we can do in Romans 8, 26. And it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Amen. Wherein I am weak, he is strong. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. This is not um, a sermon on how to speak in tongues, but it is a great practice. It is a great practice when you're like, I don't even know what to pray. And I pray to my Father and the Holy Spirit prays through me and he edifies me. That is a good practice. And um, you want to know more about that, please come see Marilee, me, um, and we, we can help you um, go through that. But it edifies you and it builds you up. 
time in his word. Study this book of instructions. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament. And Joshua says, study this book of instruction continually. Just like you're supposed to pray continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be able to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Now, continually, for those of you who are very literal, I'm going to use your Bible real quick. Sorry, tech team, I'm running around. This does not mean, okay, I'm going to do this all day, all day, every day. I Oh, you kids, I can't feed you because I'm reading my Bible. Okay, and I can't go to work because I'm reading my Bible. Okay, continually study it. Maybe that means finding a verse in the morning and thinking about it all day while you're working. Meditating on it. Considering it. Talking to somebody. Hey, Ray, what do you think this verse means? Like, I, I, I'm seeing this. What do you think? Meditating on it. Getting it in you so that it becomes a part of you. And so we need, and so we, we, we're being sanctified and we're praying and we're meditating on his word. And, and then we have to walk it out. Like we have to use what we're learning, our time spent with the Lord and the verses we read, we walk it out. And how do we do that? And Isaiah, it says a house is built, built by wisdom and comes strong through good sense. So as you walk this out, you become a little more wise, a little more mature, and you're putting blocks in and you're building your house. You're building your life in Christ. And then in Peter, it says, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God, you also like living stones are built into spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So you are building. These blocks are, are becoming part of you. This wisdom that you're learning, the time you, you spend in the word, the time that you pray. <clears throat> and then I love this. Jude says, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourself in God's love. Remember, rooted, we're staying in his love. As you wait for the mercy of the Lord Jesus to bring you to eternal life. So we're continuing to build ourselves up until the day we die, right? And he also says, be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupt, corrupted flesh. So when you see somebody who's not following Jesus, doesn't know him, you're merciful to them. Are you merciful to those who have questions, who start to doubt? Are, do you have mercy for them? Are you okay with where they're at? questioning and not quite there do you see others that are headed for destruction and want to snatch them out of the fire do you have a care to spread jesus everywhere 
It's not that you love their sin, which is their, the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. I don't love the sin that I see in their lives. But do I love them? Do I love them enough to try to snatch them from the fire? And this leads us to the thing that, that is also important is it's community. So I'm building my house and I'm like, I'm putting all these stones together and, and it's all about me. So I don't, I don't need, uh, well, maybe I can wor worry about like, a, you know, somebody else in my family or some coworker or whatever. But, but the Bible is clear. We are meant for community. We are to build each other up, not just those that are out there. We need to build up each other in the faith. In Ephesians, it says this. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So we are, so I'm building my building and you're building your building. And I couldn't come up with a good thing other than an apartment building, you know, but that's more than that because there's so many of us. It's, we're building a city that God is going to live in. We are building together. I need to do my part. You need to do your part. And then we need to work together to build up the building. You are valuable in this house. We heard about serve teams. We heard about being a child. You know, God didn't have just one child. Jesus is this one, but then it says that we are his children adopted through Jesus. And if you know anything about adoption, actually you have more rights than the, than the children that he bore. You have rights to your father. Are you accessing those rights? And then we are not, we are to be looking at one another. How do we build each other up? What do you have to offer? And, and, and I know there's somebody out there that goes, I have nothing to offer. You know why I know that? Because I was there 34 years ago saying, I've got nothing to offer. I need somebody to take care of me. I got nothing left. That is not true. You know what you can do? You can smile at somebody else. You can show up on Sunday morning and encourage somebody else just by being here. You can listen to what his instruction is, and then you can share it with somebody else and say, hey, I, I heard Kathy say this. Do you think that's true? Well, let's go to the Bible and look at it together. We encourage one another in our faith, and we're building a habitation, a habitation for Jesus to live in. He's living in me, but he's living in us together. And I don't want to see anyone outside of the family. Now, this is not the only. The family is the whole church. Um, but they don't let me speak at all of them. So I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> we are together with all the churches. We are his holy habitation. And, and. And, um, okay, 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We need to build each other up in love. You know, last week I, I referred to what is your, what is your social media saying? How, does, it, does it reflect your beliefs? And it's fine to have beliefs about lots of things. How we run our government, how we raise our children, how we, you know, do whatever we do. But does it reflect a unity in the church? Does it reflect a unity with my brothers and sisters who might believe something different than me? That's, that's what I'm asking. You know, and, and, and just for the record, I am not, nor are Bill and Mary Lee, trolling your Facebook to see what you're posting, okay? I, and, it, and if you feel like, uh, then you check with God, okay? You ask him, because I, you know, and then if you're like, I'm not so sure, don't post it. Okay, that, just a hint. If you if you have a hesitation, don't post it. Right? That just I, I don't know. It's just good advice. I I think so. Um, but we're building up the church. How are we building up one another? Not just in this house, but other other Christians. How do we how do we do that? What does that look like? But then within this house, um, Corinthians has something to say. This is why I write these things when I am absent. That when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority that God gave me for building you up and not tearing you down. Now, what Paul is referring to here is he is taking issue with some of the ways they are living. And that is a healthy thing. That is a healthy thing for you to have accountability with someone else. And if you're in this house, you're accountable to the leaders. I'm accountable to Bill and Marilee. At, that's how God set it up. You don't like it, you can take it up with him, okay? He set up the church so that we would be accountable to one another. Why? So that we would grow. We would grow in love. We would build each other up. And so when I see someone that, that I love because they're in my church family and I see them doing something that they shouldn't be doing, what do I do with that? On a practical level, what do I do with that? It depends. It depends on if I have a relationship with them or not. Now, if I see my son doing something, I, I better check and make sure I'm saying it in love. If I see Mary Lee doing something, not, not as my pastor, but as my friend, I have a relationship with Mary Lee. I will say, hey, Mary Lee, you know, in love, I, I just see this and I, and I don't, I don't think that's good. I think, I think maybe it's detrimental to your, your walk with the Lord. If I see, I don't know, is there somebody new here that I, I haven't met yet? If I walk up to them and say, you know, man, I, I don't think you're living the right way. I just came off as judgmental and, and I'm not running in my lane. So, so, we do need to build each other up and we need to have, we need to confront conflict. There will be conflict. Did you know that in families there's conflict? So, but God says that we are a family. 
So do you think there's going to be conflict? So I know when there's conflict, I'm out. That is the wrong answer. That is the wrong answer. And the Bible is clear. We need to go to one another and we need to resolve that conflict. And you know what happens when you resolve a conflict, you actually get a closer bond. When you resolve a conflict, you actually find a place where you can just be like, man, I know they love me because we resolved this. Right? And then, and then that brings me to this verse. And I wrote uh, Romans 14, 19. Um, I love the both versions. NIV says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Edification is building. And the NLT says that. It says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. We need to be building each other up in the church. That means you with me and me with you. We, how are we doing that? So, so I want to ask you some questions. And I want, just, just for a minute, I'd like you to, to, to just think. And if you're writing notes, go ahead and, and, and write, write down maybe the questions. And if you aren't writing notes, I'm going to ask you to take out your phone in a second and, screen, and do a picture of this. Because I really, I really feel like this is, what the Lord, this is what the Lord told me this morning. The Lord said, these are the questions I have for you, for you, and for me. Do you have a building plan? What are you building? Who is your foundation? Is God your partner? And then are you reading your Bible so that you can know what your will, what his will is for you? Are you praying, spending time with the Lord? And are you building somebody else up? Take a picture of that. And I'd ask you at some point this week to ask th those questions of yourself. Ask yourself, what am I doing? What am I living for? Merrily. Amen. Thank you, Kathy. That's great. Yeah, well, I really value right when everything is really fresh in our head and we've just heard it. I want to give you a few minutes to to think on it right now. Um, and so, uh, Justin, could you come on the keys real quick? And let's just all um, let's stand and close our eyes and um, have a time of reflection with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've just newly put it in your life. You've just newly put in practices of a regular Bible reading or regular prayer times, something you've already been thinking about growing in. Great. Continue in that. Maybe it's, you need to establish something brand new and create new habits in your life. Um, but yeah, Lord, we just yield to you right now. We realize this is a word from you. And so we want to take a moment to reflect. What are we building
we building what you've asked us to build? Are we building, have we come up with our own plan and we're doing our own thing? Jesus, your foundation. Maybe today is the day that you're going to proclaim him as Lord of your life. Do that right now in prayer and say, Jesus, you are Lord. I acknowledge that you are Lord and I want to follow you. I just bless you, church. I bless everyone within the sound of my voice. I bless you as you create a building plan with the Lord. We want to be rooted and built up in him this year. So I bless you in your um, regular Bible reading, your regular time studying and meditating on the word, that it would be rich and that you would grow from it. I bless you in your prayer life, that you would incorporate prayer in your day-to-day, that it's just as natural as breathing, you would begin to pray in, in that way so naturally throughout your day. I bless you in your ministry of building others up. I bless you to see where the need is and be encouraged that you have something to offer. Not be overwhelmed. I just lift off any overwhelm from this right now in Jesus name that you would show what the appropriate action would be to take that is doable that is manageable with your strength and I bless each one to yield to the sanctification process the process of becoming more like Jesus I bless each one here to engage with that, to recognize that that's what you're up to, Holy Spirit, and get on board and partner with you well to that end. So I just bless these people today and all these things that we could be rooted and built up in you, that our foundation, our roots would be secure so that when the winds blow, New Day would be a people not easily uprooted. In Jesus' name, amen.